Welcome to the Catch Them and Keep Them podcast with Melissa Glennie and Mark Altman. We're here to help you hire, engage, and retain the best talent to help you make your vision a reality. Hello, welcome. We're glad to be here today. Mark, I'm so excited to talk with you about this topic. It's becoming a, a, a bigger topic than I ever anticipated it would. It sure has, Melissa, and I think we're, we're kind of all in uncharted territory. And now I got I to gotta start out by asking you, how are you doing with your family and your, your girls and your husband? How, how, how's everything going? <sighs> got a little cabin fever. I did a workout on the deck outside today. That was nice, cold, but it was outside. <laughs> so that was good. It's funny, Melissa, like I feel like we all, the word distraction can be taken either way, right? Sometimes distractions can be good and sometimes they can be bad. But I feel like there are some silver linings coming out of this, whether it's a project like you just said, you're able to work on your deck or things, but I'm finding some silver linings. What about you? Yeah, totally. You know, I I mean, I'm really just trying to embrace this. I, I think about it and it sounds so strange because this is obviously a really dire situation for so many people, but I look at it like, when are we ever gonna have this opportunity again? My, my kids and I, you know, I've, we're here together all day. I had no idea my daughter is just like this natural baker. So she's been baking I have French baguettes in my house right now. <laughs> That's great. And uh, so, you know, there's, there's definitely, you're absolutely right, Mark. There's definitely silver lining. So, um, you know, we just find them where we can. Well, I'll tell you my two biggest takeaways, Melissa, from this experience so far. First of all, I always called myself a homebody, but I'm feeling like after this is over, I may not be any longer. Uh-huh. Um, and the second thing, this is unbelievable. I have made fun of country music for the bulk part of my life, and I have now become a country music fan. It's crazy, Melissa. People are making fun of me because I've always made fun of it, and now all of a sudden I like it. Okay, so I'm just so curious. I have to know how does being stuck in your house yep. convert I'm, you to country music? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to two two things that happened. One is um, on a sad note, the death of Kenny Rogers, and I was a fan of Kenny Rogers, and so I've been listening to more of his music, which has spurred me to listen. Like he has a lot of songs that are um, story songs, so to speak. Yep. And so, and I think country music as a whole has a lot of story songs like that. So it's got me listening to some other people and it's crazy. I'm like, what, what have I been missing out on? This is actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So, wow. So thank you, Kenny. Yeah. Thank you, Kenny. It's bizarre. Yeah. So, so it's motivating. You know, well, so, so I'm glad you're holding up. Yeah. It's motivating me, Melissa, to, to listen to more music. <laughs> there you go. Good, good. Well, so why don't we dive right in, Mark? I mean, speaking of motivation, um, I'm really excited to continue the conversation about working remotely, staying motivated, and helping people to not only keep themselves motivated, but to motivate their teams as well. So no better place to start than goal setting. Um, We'll talk about goal setting. We'll talk about procrastination, how to know when you're going sideways on your motivation, and then maybe tie it all together with how, how do you manage distractions. So help us. You work with tons of companies to help them and their employees set goals. What do you think is the 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 thing that people struggle with the most when it comes to setting their goals? That's easy, Melissa. It's just getting started. And I think, you know, I I, I even saw it today in my own life. You know, there's a bunch of like little administrative, not even having to do with my business, 
just a lot of administrative tasks that I had been putting off. Collectively, those tasks take me about an hour and a half. They're all little, but I've been putting them off for weeks. I mean, even pre-coronavirus, I've been putting them off. And I think if I had a nickel for every time over the course of my life, I struggle to get started on something. And then once I finally got started, I said to myself, all right, this wasn't so bad, or wow, what a huge relief to get this off my chest. And I think for a lot of people, when it comes to setting goals or being motivated to move forward or progress, it's just that, getting started. And what, what are your thoughts? How do you, how do you see that? No, I agree. Um, and I'm, I'm um, lucky to have ADD. So, um, and, <laughs> and, and I say that because we could talk more about that because I, I, when it came to, comes to distractions, I was curious on your thoughts. But, um, you know, one, the one challenge is obviously trying to focus. But I, I mean, I do focus. I focus on like 100 things. So um, I also do have the ability to hyper focus. And I know that that's very common. So you're so I think you're so right. If you can get started, then the mo the the momentum just carries you forward. So I I agree that that's the hardest part. Um, and you know, and I think it depends on the goals too, the level of the goals. Because if I was to say there were more like life um, uh, impacting goals as opposed to you know weekly task list kind of goals, I probably would approach them a little bit differently. Um, but, you know, in the sense that I think values is something that's really important to understand before you attempt to set life goals. Um, but that might, you know, that's kind of a deeper dive, I think, into uh, some, uh, maybe a bigger topic. Well, I, I have to tell you, Melissa, I used to, this, this word goals, I used to have such a pet peeve around it because everywhere you look, especially when you're in business, you're told to set goals. You know, mm -hmm. you're told the importance of weekly goals, monthly goals, yearly goals, all those things. And what's interesting to me about it is the reason why I used to get so frustrated when I would hear someone say you got to set goals is because setting them is, is not even half the battle. You know, it's, it, that's, setting goals is getting started, right? That's actually taking the step to get started. But knowing how to achieve the goals, like what does that roadmap look like? What are the uh, barriers or obstacles you can anticipate? And one of the, uh, one of the, um, concepts I think people miss a lot when it comes to goal setting and especially around motivation is the difference between self-discipline and self-motivation. Mm -hmm. And self-discipline is doing things you're supposed to do anyway. You know, mm -hmm. things that you would just know to do over the course of the year. Self-motivation is doing things such as setting a goal. I want to lose weight. I want to be a better leader. I want to re recruit more quality talent, like things like that. You can set the goal, but if you don't have a plan, it's going to impact your motivation to be able to execute that goal. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. You know what else as you're talking, I think you reminded me of is I think that a lot of times I've noticed people and myself included get a little confused about what, how uh, defining a goal as opposed to a task or a project, um, you know, and that those things, those concepts, I think it kind of like all muddled together. And then that's where I think it also creates kind of a, a stop for people because they're just kind of in the fog. Well, I think you're right, Melissa. And you and I are both in a, in a masterminds group that really strongly believes in the entrepreneurial operating system based on the book Traction. 
Yeah. And one of the things that um, you and I not only practice, but we are believers in is having your goals visible, having them right out in front of you every day. And I think, you know, when you wake up in the morning, right? And, and, I, and I have to ask, Melissa, because it all starts when you wake up. And now more than ever during the coronavirus, you know, what do you find yourself doing to disrupt if you do get up and you have that malaise and depression or frustration over a cabin fever, what do you do to snap out of it and start to try to achieve your goals for the day? Yeah. Um, well, you know, I have one of my morning rituals is to go to my, uh, it's my brain dump list. So I keep a, um, a list of just anytime, it's like a shopping list. Anytime I think of something, it could be a, a, a crazy idea. Like I might want to try someday or it could be something oh yeah, that's a deadline. I've got that next week. I got to do that. It just goes on a list. I just dump it. And then on a weekly basis, I parse through and see, you know, what needs to happen on what day. But in, I actually like to do it at night as opposed to in the morning. Because, so I'm planning my, my next day in advance. I honestly, sometimes I do it. Sometimes I'm like, I'm tired. <laughs> do it in the morning. So, you know, it's hit or miss. But I know there's a lot of, um, a lot of research around brain science that um, shows the, the effectiveness of planning the night before and, and you know, kind of uh, shows how it creates the pathways in the brain to turn it from a goal into an actual intention. And then when your subconscious mind believes that that's going to happen, it's miraculous how it does actually happen. So Melissa, do you have do you have literally like a, a pad of paper next to your bed where you're just keeping like an ongoing list of like ideas and brainstorm items? I don't like paper, so oh, I do. Good. I yeah, I um uh, I use Asana. I like Asana because it's just it's so quick and easy, and then I can move stuff around into different projects and assign dates change the dates <laughs> so you know I did I used to do a lot of scratching out and then I couldn't stand that there were scratches on the paper so I'd have to write the whole list again <laughs> so. so so Melissa how often are you when it when it comes to looking at that uh, when it comes to looking at Asana and it comes to saying how often are you looking at your goals how often are you revising your goals hmm. so I have a um, uh, short answer I have a process every year where I, I will sit down and put all my goals down. Um, and then I brainstorm, like I said, if I have an idea, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna add that to the list. So it's always evolving. Um, I've done it twice so far this year. So when we, so, you know, in three months I've sat down and really reviewed my goals, but I have a practice of reading my goals every single morning before I start out the day. And when I say my goals, I mean my 10 goals for the year. So. I start my day looking at the looking at the long range prize prizes, keep just to keep to keep it going in my yep. head. Yeah. Uh, so and then and then and again, like I'm. Do I have a weekly goal? Yeah, maybe maybe one to three tops, but you know, I a lot of things I look at as uh, in the short range. I look at it like, well, that's a project or that's a task, but goals are more you know overarching kind of uh bigger bigger processes and melissa i love what you're talking about because you're talking about things in my mind that are associated with uh positive psychology self-talk things like that and, and what's funny is 
it's something that corporate America is really slow to embrace. Mm -hmm. And one of the points I make when I work with organizations is we have no problem with negative self-talk, right? All of us at one point or another will tell each other, tell ourselves how bad we are or how poorly we handle the situation. But to sit there every morning and look at your goals and say them out loud and say, hey, here are the things I set out to do this day, this week, this month, it seems corny. Like, doesn't it? Like, when you think about it, like, you're just going to sit there by yourself and read something out loud. Mm -hmm. But that's just it. It has been proven that doing what you said is a very effective way to stay connected and in touch with what your priorities are. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's true. You kind of don't let yourself off the hook. And, And what's interesting is willpower you know, we, we, all, we all struggle with different aspects of our lives with willpower. Some people, it's food. Some people, it's alcohol. Some people, it could be video games. I mean, it could be a number of things. But if you, if you repeatedly resist temptation or vice versa, if you, repeatedly, if you repeatedly are able to motivate yourself to get to where you want to be, your willpower strengthens without even realizing it, it's almost like an, an innate reaction. So I think that's critical also. Yeah. Oh, you're so right. I mean, this morning I did not want to work out. And I find that if you can just say, give, your, give yourself a little slack and say, all right, I, I'm not committing to a 30 minute run. So I'm going outside, I'll do 10 minutes. But at the end of 10 minutes, guess what happens? I want, I'm, I'll keep going. I mean, I'm already in it. I mean, I might as well just continue on. So I think that what you're saying is so true. I mean, um, it, I, I see that time and time again in my own personal experience. Well, and Melissa, you're, you're making a good point. You're talking about distraction. And that's one of the things I know we wanted to cover today because in working remotely, we're all susceptible to different kinds of distractions, either, that, either different than we've had in the past or more frequently than we've had in the past. Yeah. And I know you and I are both parents. And uh, so what I think is interesting about distraction is I think one of the things a lot of parents are dealing with right now is guilt, because it's almost like you're weighing on one hand, you have this opportunity, you're home with your kids, you're spending more time with them than maybe you ever have at any point since they were you know, prior to going to school. Yeah. And at the other hand, you've got work to do. And so how do you how are you able to find that balance between spending that quality time, but still keeping your eye on the ball and hitting your goals? Yeah. Um, I think the, the, the first thing I would say is structure. Just, and um, I like the Pareto method. Have you heard of the Pareto I method? Have. Yeah, I really like that. How did you come, do you, is that something you use? How did you come to know about that? Um, I did some research on it. I can't say I use it intentionally. I think I use it more accidentally than intentionally, but when I use it, I see the impact in it. I see how helpful it is. Oh, good, good, good. Yeah, okay. Do you want to explain to our listeners, because I'm sure a lot of our listeners don't know what that is. So um, the the premise behind it is that it's, well, there's a couple of things. I think that initially the research showed that you can avoid brain fatigue if you uh, follow a pattern of of essentially sprinting or working for say 25 minutes and then take a five or a 10 minute break. The the tool I use is called the tomato timer. It's tomato-timer.com. So that's the way that one is set up. 
Um, but what I also find is that, that that structure, I can do anything for 25 minutes. Anything can wait 25 minutes. So aside from the house burning down, you know, I, I can say to the kids, you know, I'll be with you, but I, you know, I got seven minutes to go. <laughs> and, um, and then I know that I'm going to have those designated times that I can attend to something else. And, I, and then again, it's structured. So I've got X amount of time. I feel like we tend to use the amount of time that we have. So if we don't put structure around um, the time we're going to do something for, it just kind of like bleeds on and on and we don't really realize where our time's going. So, Melissa, so, what, but what would you say to someone, if, what you're saying, as I said, I'm a believer in the Pareto principle, but what would you say to someone who says, but what about the transition time of working on something and then disconnecting from it and then having to reconnect to it? What about the loss of productivity for someone that argues against the Pareto principle? What would you tell them? I think that there's, there is a case where you would not want to use it. And, and I personally find in creative work if you're if you're writing uh, uh, something creative and you're in a flow like don't stop um so i you know i definitely uh, would say there's times when it's applicable and then times when you wouldn't want to use that but as far as lost productivity i think that's uh you know the science shows that people are more productive when they take small breaks than when you know you're I don't think you realize when you're just working continuously, you know, sitting for three, four, five hours or longer that your your efficiency and your effectiveness, it's like any other muscle. It's going to fatigue and you're going to start losing effectiveness. Well, Melissa, I think you hit the nail right on the head because I was just thinking as you were talking about, you know, so much of, we all have this tendency to want the right answer, to be better, to be happier, to be more productive, to be whatever. But everything has situational awareness. And what I love about what you just said is, for the people who struggle, who say, well, boy, if I work on and off uh, this transition time, but are they actually comparing that against anything? Because if you were to sit there and say, well, let me see how productive I am when I'm working five straight hours, if they're not measuring how their productivity drops with five straight hours of work, then you really don't know the difference. Does, does that make sense? Because because if, yeah. if you break in and out, right? So so that's what's tricky. And I think that I love what you said. You know, cr being creative is maybe a time not to use it, but there's so many other times where you could use it. Oh yeah. And have you ever done time studies with yourself or your with your employees? That like um, I'll keep an Excel spreadsheet, and like every time I transition something, I'm like, oh took a call for three minutes and, you know, it, it sounds crazy and, and like you're really splitting hairs, but it's so insightful. If, I don't know if you've done that before. No, I would, I, well, so you've done it. So what, what were your takeaways when you did it? Cause I have not. Well, well, first I'll make a confession. When I started it, um, maybe five years ago, I had an employee who I thought we were gonna go through this exercise together and I was gonna show her how she could be so much more efficient. Cause I oh. thought, <laughs> more should be happening within okay. this particular time frame. And um, yeah, I realized like, no, no, she's, uh, you know, I, I couldn't do any better than she's doing, but it was eye opening for me. And then I, I mean, all kinds of insights have come out of it, but switching from, from one to, we think we multitask, but we, it's, it's, 
not an efficient way to work. So um, uh, interruptions and multitasking, those are the two things that I've found have been just really, they're number one, their time sucks. And number two, they suck your motivation because you have to, you know, recharge and get mm. going again. And then, you know, so, um, so yeah, I, I do them uh, about twice a year. I'll just kind of check myself and just do a time study for a couple of days and see what my habits look like. Oh, that's great. And make adjustments. Yeah. And I think, you know, what's interesting is, you know, before this call today, we were joking because I was trying to figure out how to shut off the sound of my email. So it wouldn't interrupt our podcast today. And then I joked to you, and I said, boy, I'm going to keep it off for good. And I can't tell you how many times I'll be in the middle and I'll hear that ping of an email and I'll stop what I'm doing and check the email. And I think what we all struggle as humans to do is we struggle to recognize what we're in control of and what we're not in control of. Yeah. I think that for those of you listening today that know you're being hampered or frustrated by distractions, to me, the first step is to recognize what you are actually in control of to, to set yourself up for success. Now, there may be some things you're not in control of, but I would bet if you were mindful and took a step back and tried to digest, wait, there, there are things I could do, such as shutting off the sound in an email. Um, I think there's ways people can improve just organically by just thinking about that. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I mean, and it's so easy to get sucked in because we've got things pinging and dinging all the time. It's just a way of life. Um, and it feels a little weird. You know, I don't know in the current situation, kind of all uh, um, locked up in our homes, you know, when the TVs go off and, and there's just the hustle and bustle of life is, is not really there anymore. So um, it feels a little strange, but I think that, you know, I, I just so admire people who can be Zen and just kind of keep on even keeled um, and, you know, not, not, not get reactive on the fires and things like that. Cause I really think that, you know, they, they really have uh, a special ability to, to be very efficient and very effective in the way they work. Well, so Melissa, I want to, I want to bring up something that I, I, I was thinking it really blends actually the concept of, of, of distractions and goal setting and that's deadlines. And one of the things that I think is different, a lot of people, work in jobs that are now affected obviously by COVID-19. And I think what happens is people rely from a prioritization standpoint, from a time management standpoint, from a productivity standpoint, they rely on those deadlines. Yeah. Because that's what drives them to get work done and get behavior done or uh, have the behavior to get it done. So I actually think uh, the transition from having tight deadlines whether they're, whether they're internal or customer driven or not, I think that's causing, wreaking some havoc with people because they're not used to being productive without relying on deadlines. Yeah, absolutely. And I think too that we, um, I notice in myself and, you know, having led teams that we tend to work in a very reactive way. So um, when you don't have anyone to be reacting to or, you know, very little to be reacting to, it's just basically the email streams right now, or maybe instant messengers if you yes. have that company. But um, yeah, it does it does leave you in a in a position where you know it's just I you know I hope that people can take a step back and and understand how they can really take control of their time and structure it so that they're able to prioritize and and you know 
not be behind the eight ball. I think most people feel like they're constantly behind the eight ball. Well, right. And I think there's an additional wrinkle because without the deadlines, um, it's a lot harder to be motivated because, hey, there's things like I know in my own business, um, I'm not used to operating with such freedom around deadlines. So there are projects that I have that, frankly, if they don't get done tomorrow or the next day in some cases, it's no big deal. Mm -hmm. so that can also affect an employee. Like if you're a leader, you know, whether you're working from home or whether your team is working from home or you're working in the office, you need to set expectations and you need to have some structure. And so I think one of the challenges, I guess, Melissa, you, you know, you work with so many companies and help uh, retention and recruiting. You know, what, what advice do you give around this? Because I think now more than ever, being motivated without tight deadlines and urgent needs is, is going to become even a bigger problem than people realize. I mean, mm -hmm. before you answer, one other thought too. If I had a nickel for every time I talk with someone these days and I said, what's your biggest problem? I would say 75% of the time people say it's time management. So I just wanted to throw that in, in addition to this deadline issue. Wow, wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, my advice to, um, to your question there is being really clear on what it is long range that you're, like starting with your long range goals and then backing that down into the chunks that you know you can you can focus on um, it, on a timeline. I mean, I mean, it sounds like so ridiculously simple, but um, when you when you have that structure from the get go, that's kind of like your foundation, and then just controlling your time, like scheduling yourself and knowing knowing how to recognize when you're going off track. And like that's one of those questions that I have for you, Mark, because I know that you know you work with people so much on self-reflection and understanding their triggers and cues. So what are, I mean, what would your advice be to someone who's like, yeah, I know what I'm supposed to be. I know, I hear what Melissa's saying. I know I'm supposed to be doing that, but it's not happening. Um, you know, what would your advice be to somebody to help them troubleshoot that? Well, first of all, I think one of the reasons I built my business around emotional intelligence and mindfulness is because I do think they are the key contributors to the kinds of things we're talking about in this podcast today. And the word, you, you were alluding to the word incremental. And what I think is a problem for people with the word incremental is everybody has different standards and expectations for themselves. But I think a lot of times, Melissa, when people are improving a habit, a quality, a characteristic, a skill of some kind, I think people tend to be very hard on themselves and incremental improvements are kind of washed up like, ah, oh, that doesn't mean anything. I didn't really accomplish anything. But I think your point is, is critical because incremental growth, incremental components to a project, incremental goals to get where you want to go, that word is so critical in every aspect of your life. And frankly, Melissa, what I see a lot in leadership is a lot of leaders who have very, and entrepreneurs too, who have very, very high standards and expectations for themselves, it really adversely impacts their leadership because they expect the people that they lead and manage to have that same level yeah. of expectation. And that's just not realistic. Yeah. It's well motivated differently. So my answer to your question is self-awareness and mindfulness. If you can, I say catching yourself in the act, if you can catch yourself in the middle of the day recognizing a that you're feeling unmotivated 
The next step would be B, to ascertain why you think you're feeling unmotivated. C, to tell someone, because everybody needs a support system and a coach and a guide. And that can be your husband, your wife, your brother, your sister, your kids, whoever. Mm -hmm. C would be to tell someone. And then D, have them disrupt your thought process so you can rechannel what you want to do. And by the way, Melissa, to your point earlier in the show, that could be as simple as pulling out your goal sheet that mm -hmm. you have in Asana yeah. just to kind of remind you of what you're trying to do. And I think that's why self-awareness and mindfulness are huge because that's what disrupts your thought process. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and I love your point about having, going to someone and, and talking it through with somebody else. I mean, sometimes we get so in our own head that we just make it even more difficult for ourselves. Cause then we're start beating ourselves up and it's like, ah, oh, can't get out from under this. So I think that's a really good point. Well, Melissa, you and I do this for each other. We're accountability partners for each other, but this term accountability partner, I mean, there have been so many studies done about adoption of goals, habits, ideas, values. It all comes down to that because this accountability partner, I mean, Melissa, I think, you know what I think we should start doing at the end of each show? I think we should tell each other a goal we have at the end of each goal, at the end of each show, it can be big or small. Mm -hmm. We should make it smart, should be a smart goal. But then yeah. we can, every week we can, every show we do, we can check in with each other and see if we've done it. And that's, that's what an accountability partner is. Yeah, yeah, that's great. I love that idea, let's do right? it. Yeah. I think we need to do that. And, yeah. and, and listen, we, we wanna challenge our listeners to do the same. And I think it's, I think, again, it's so important that you understand that no goal is a bad goal as long as it's a smart goal and small goals lead to big goals. So mm -hmm. there's no bad goal as long as it's, it's, it's leading you to something that's a bigger goal, I guess, is the way I would say it. Yeah. Yep. So one last point I was hoping we could talk about, cause I'm really, we haven't, actually talked about this you and i um and i'm really interested in your perspective about procrastination speaking of things that i've been meaning to do since i've got all this time on my hands and still haven't done it <laughs> um what what do you think is behind procrastination why do people procrastinate well i think it, I, you know i always make a funny joke about procrastination anytime someone comes to me melissa and they said mark you got to help me i procrastinate i said well why do i need to help you and they're like, well, because I procrastinate. I go, so? I go, is it hurting you? And they're like, no. I go, did you get everything done you're supposed to get done? They're like, yes. I go, then keep procrastinating. Now, obviously, I'm being facetious when I say that. But the answer to your question is this, Melissa, is that it all starts with your why. If you have any habit, procrastination being a prime example, if you have not found a reason, a reward for changing the habit, you're not going to change the habit. Mm -hmm. and my favorite thing to teach around emotional intelligence is, is habit change, motivation and habit change, because there's so many dynamics that go into habit change, but procrastination is ultimately, you've identified things that you don't wanna do, and whether it's because you're not passionate about them, whether it's because you don't think they're that important, whether it's because you've rationalized them to think that it's not that big a deal if I put off, 
whatever the reason is, you've decided these things are just not as important. And the sad thing is, Melissa, and you know this as well as I do, is in many cases, it's not the truth. It's very important, but you've convinced yourself it isn't, or it's just going to be too painful to deal with. So I, I ask you, you know, I don't see you as a procrastinator at all, and maybe you are, but I don't. See, I have not seen that side of you. So I'm just wondering, you know, what do, what do you do? I mean, you're such a successful businesswoman. You've had such a, a, a great career thus far. And so what have you done to avoid that procrastination? No, thank you. Well, I appreciate that that's what you've observed, um, <laughs> the truth of the matter. <laughs> you know, uh, you're just making me think of uh, years and years ago, I went to, a, um, I was seeing an acupuncturist and I was, notor I was notoriously late for everything. So of course I was late for the, my appointment with him. And um, when I got there, I was apologizing as I always did. Um, and he made a comment about anger if he was Chinese medicine. And he said, you know, you know being late, uh, is, uh, is an anger issue. And I was like, me of all people, I, I never thought of myself as an a having an anger issue. Wow. And as I've reflected on that, it, it, I'm tying that into procrastination because running late, feeling that guilt, procrastinating, like, like, oh, still didn't get that done. It, they're all very effective ways of, of beating yourself up and punishing yourself. Yeah. So, I, that's something that I became mindful of. It's like, why am I setting this off? Like it literally would take me 10 minutes to get that off my desk. Why do I insist that it still sits there? You know, so I, I think that just kind of checking in and saying, am I just being mean to myself right now? Like, <laughs> Take a step back and just do this. Yeah, and I think I think it speaks to, you know, I, I use the, the word disrupt a little earlier. And one of the things I do when I'm procrastinating is there's a guy who specializes in habits. He writes an amazing blog. He's written several books. James Clear. Are you familiar with James Clear? No, I'm not. Well, so you have to subscribe to his blog. It's absolutely tremendous. Um, it's a very simple blog to read too, but, but here's the thing. When I find myself starting to procrastinate, I pull out one of his blogs around motivation and habits, and it reminds me of different things I can do. And I can give you a very quick, per perfect example. I have not sent my QuickBooks file for 2019 to my, my accountant yet for taxes. And it's the only thing I haven't sent him. I've sent him everything else he needs. And the reason why I haven't sent it is because I switched bank accounts in the middle of the year. And there's about five or six transactions I have to reconcile from the old bank account. This would probably take me about a grand total of 15 minutes, maybe 30. Mm -hmm. I could have been done. I could have done this at any point for the last two months, but here it is still sitting on my to-do list. And I can tell you, I know the reason. The reason is, is because it's going to require me to do some research. And what I've told myself, Melissa, right this moment, and this sums up, sums it all up is research feels like a big word. It feels like something that's going to take me a long time. So yeah. I've convinced myself that this task is gonna take way longer than it will actually take when I know that's not the truth, but yet it still held me back from doing it. And that's why this disruption process, yeah. incremental process, are, those things are so critical. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I need to have a uh, imaginary boss. <laughs> well, but Melissa, that's, that's a great point because as an entrepreneur, when you own your own company, and that's why I know we do our masterminds group, 
it, you don't have as much accountability only yeah. to yourself and and that can be struggle yeah yeah but together we get through right That's we do why, we do why so, we do it. so what about for you though um you know when you look at we we've talked about distraction we've talked about goal setting talked about self-awareness and mindfulness around avoiding procrastination for you though what has been your most difficult distraction and what steps have you put in place first of all what's been your difficult distraction when did you become aware of it and what are you doing about it um you know mark i think my, my most challenging distraction started about um uh, 10 years ago and it's the most difficult for me because it's the one thing that is almost totally out of my control and that is uh chronic back pain so i can work through a lot of things but when it's something that is just, you know, like chronically nagging on you, that that's been really tough for me. And I'm not, I'm not like somebody that's willing to take pain medicine on a daily basis. Um, and it's in the, the other aspect of it is that uh, it can creep up at any time without any, without any warning. So it's not something that you can necessarily prepare for and say, okay, I know this is going to be a really rough week. I got to really make sure I'm, you know, doing my morning routines and keeping my head in the right space and. So anyway, long story short, um, I have found that keeping some things at the ready um, that, that helped me to kind of push through. Um, but at the same time, having that willingness to say, to tap out and just to say, okay, I, 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 can, I recognize that I need to just take 15 minutes, take a half an hour or whatever. Maybe it's two hours. I need to just go for a massage and like get, get this, over with so that I can get back. So having just that self-awareness of like, am, am I pushing through because I just think that this is the right thing for me to do? You know, it's almost out of guilt. Mm. Um, or, it, or am I pushing through because I am really have a compelling reason. I, you know, I've got to make this happen before I can, you know, go off to get any relief. So I think it's just that, um, that that's been the biggest challenge for me and i find that the uh, pareto method works really well because i can do anything for 25 minutes and know that i can go you know stretch out uh, for 10 minutes or even you know take a 20 minute break at that point um so that helps a lot just kind of chunking my day like that and then i find mindfulness meditation um even listening to binaural beats um certain um, sound waves that are helpful for pain management um, so just the little, little things that can kind of help me kind of push through when those things come up, um, thankfully, not going to would, uh, not too terribly often. Melissa, I have a, I have a fault, a random kind of follow-up question. I don't mean to open up a can of worms, but I'm wondering, um, as, as a female entrepreneur, we know it's much harder in, in our world to be a female entrepreneur than a male entrepreneur. I'm wondering now that you're home with your children so much. You, you, you're obviously a great role model. Do you feel, have you noticed, become self-aware of any more pressure to, to model behavior for your kids about balancing work, life stuff? Like, have you thought about that? Have you noticed that at all? I'm just curious. That's so interesting. You know, it, it's funny because I have two daughters who are total opposites. Well, in, in a sense, one is extremely... Um, uh, academic. And so uh, I, I have to tell her to stop 
doing her homework and go to bed already. <laughs> um, she's just all about AIDS. And so, and then I have another who is ready to take over the world and she's very ent entrepreneurial and enterprising and school is like, you know, it's like, uh, I don't have time for that. I need to go out and make money. Um, she, in fact, she just built a website this morning to launch her bakery. <laughs> so, so um, you know, to your, to your question, uh, I think that they're so different. And so being a mom to, to two kids that are, are so different like that, it just, it creates more self-awareness for me. And, and I think it helps me to tune into them because we've got, you know, three, well, because I have two basically on polar opposite ends. Um, so I, I can't say that I've given, I, I've given it a lot of thought in the, in the sense that you asked me, but you know, now that you ask, I think that's a really um, intriguing question. And uh, I'm going to be paying more attention now. <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to revisit that at a later show. All right, yeah. so before we sign off, what, is our, what are our goals going to be, our SMART goal, one SMART goal going to be for our, for our next show? Um, I have that, but can I ask you one last question before yes. we go there? Yes. I'm interested in your distraction. So what's the number one distraction that you've had to deal with, and how did you deal with it? Yeah, Melissa, I mean, my biggest distraction for the better part of my professional career is, is me, is I'm my own worst enemy. And uh, I often joke to people that the only thing that has interfered with success at any point in my career has been me, because you know that expression when you go to the supermarket and you haven't eaten for a lot of hours, you have big eyes? Have you heard that expression? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's, that's how I am in business sometimes. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll hear an idea or something, and I'll be like, oh, that's great, we gotta do that, yeah, let's do that. And it might totally distract me and take me off the track. And now more than ever, I'm fighting that because I, my business, I'm, I'm being forced to pivot. We're all being forced to pivot. Yeah. But the way I'm being forced to pivot is um, for so much, I focus so much on training and in-person training, and now I'm having to transition more to virtual coaching. Yeah. And so now I have to, you know, make people aware. I mean, I've been doing this for my whole career, but I haven't really talked about it for a long time. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it's just balancing that. This is really the right direction to go. This is the, this is going to satisfy my short and long-term goals versus, you know, having the big eyes and saying, Oh yeah, this is the flavor of the month. This sounds great. And so, and the way I overcome it is, I'm, I advocate for myself all the time. I, I'm lucky enough to have people in my life, such as yourself and such as other friends and people who I'll run ideas by. Because if I start to get in that mode, um, I reach out to people and I go, am I nuts? Like, I mean, am, I, am I on the right track here? And, um, you know, I, my final thought on this is I watched uh, Brene Brown on 60 Minutes on Sunday night. Uh. And she made a point and it was the most simple point. I'm a huge fan of hers. Um, and she made a very simple point. She said, you know, we're not meant in this world, we're not meant to be alone. You know, we're meant to connect with each other as human beings. And that's, that's a pillar of who I am is that I always want to surround myself with people who are smarter than me, who are positive, who are encouraging. And, you know, we all say we want to do it, but it's actually creating the, the, the room and the habits to actually making it happen. So that's, that's how I handle it. Well, Mark, I think what you were talking about it reminds me of what I've heard referred to as the shiny object syndrome. 
And I think that that's what, that's so, um, it's just inherent in the entrepreneurial ethos. You know, we get excited yeah. about this stuff. So it's what makes you so good at what you do because you're, you know, you are paying attention to you know, a, a whole lot of stuff. I realize you're, you're ch channeling it into a vertical, but um, you've got a lot of stuff coming in constantly. So I think that that, um, it serves you well. And it's, it's also, I think, great that, you know, you're, you're aware of, you know, the, the potential hazards, but, yeah. um, but it does serve you well. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate that. So, uh, okay. All right. We're talking about goals for the next time. Okay. Goals. Uh, all right. So my goal, I, 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 my goal is to get my file, QuickBooks file to my accountant by the time we have our next podcast. Okay. And, and, and you know, it's funny, people might, now that the, the tax deadline's extended, it would even be more reason why I could put that off. <laughs> yeah. So that is my smart goal. By the time that happens to have uh, electronically sent that file. Okay. Well, I have been really falling down on my athletic goals and it's so ironic because, well, I don't have a gym, um, but we're working on adapting to that. But you think I have all this more time on my hands, but instead I've been baking bread and eating bread with my daughter. So I've got to, I've got to do something about that. I am committing to 30 minutes of exercise of some sort every single day. Uh, and so I will report back on that next time. Yeah. And by the way, Melissa, final thought on that is, you know, um, I'm with you. I want to do that too. And so I, I'm actually committing to 10 to get myself to 30. Because Great. I know 30 will seem like a lot, even though it's not. So just keep that in the back of your minds. Yeah, I will. In fact, I'm going to share. I, I found this guy um, just this morning who's got some little short workouts, little uh, sprint workouts, like 10, 15 minutes. Oh, that'd be great. I'll send that to you. Okay, excellent. Excellent. Great. All right. All right. Very good. Thank you, Mark. This, is, uh, this has been valuable for me. I hope it's been valuable for our listeners. I appreciate you taking the time. Melissa, I thank you. I, I really enjoy, I think, I think we're on the uh, cusp of something with this webinar and this podcast. And I think, you know, as we do more of them, you know, we're, we're, we're certainly going to take into consideration topics that our listeners um, ask us to do. But I, I am enjoying this. I feel like it's uh, great that a great opportunity for us to share and uh, I'm happy to do it with you. Thank you. Great. Thank you. We'll talk soon. All right. Thanks, Melissa. Take care. <laughs> take care. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Catch em and Keep em podcast. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe so you don't miss us next time. In the meantime, remember that engaging your people is a daily task and recruiting is a process, not an event. If you need help, just ask. Connect directly with Melissa at franklinprofessionals.com and Mark at mindsetgo.com.